No one knew from whence Captain Argyle came, but when asked, he told a tall tale about being birthed from the sea herself. He claimed a mighty wave had swelled on a stormy night in the dead of winter somewhere off the coast of the British Isles. After a few ear-piercing rounds of thunder and lightning, one could see a babe making his way up the sands, headed toward his first big score. Argyle's ship, the Salty Clam, boasted one of the most crusty bands of ne'er-do-wells that ever hoisted a flag on these oceans. Since the captain was the most seasoned seaman of the bunch, his crew took on most of their culture from him. Each pirate enjoyed the notoriety that came with sailing on the clam, and they rarely saw a day short of spoils. These men figured that any way he came about the earth in her seas, Argyle was a man to be honored, and without a doubt, their undisputed leader. This was the way things were until the day the salty clam sailed upon a small lifeboat stranded out to sea. The tiny orange joke of his sea craft was spotted by Argyle's one-eyed scout Ivan, and the crew immediately set to board it. They saw nothing of worth until the captain himself set foot, drew his sword, and scanned the vessel. Being a marauder of the wiliest kind, he knew these lifeboats were so small passengers often saw pirates before they were discovered. The potential targets would then hide in hopes of being shrugged off as a worthless take. Argyle was too savvy for that old trick, so when he saw the loose tarp on the floor of the boat, he lifted it and revealed the booty. One woman. The legend said that Argyle had been stealing from ships since before he knew how to tie an anchor bend, but he had never seen a sight like this one. He was stopped short of any speech as he marveled at her short blonde hair and her big gumball eyes, squinted from the bright sun, one a little more than the other. She was dressed in a sleeveless shirt and legless jeans, revealing a good amount of her smooth, tan skin. However, before he or she could say or do anything, his band boarded the boat, grabbed the resisting prisoner, and carted her off to the brig. Argyle had done his best to avoid interrogating that dazzling ransom prospect that his mates had informed him took the name Cora, spending the bulk of the day digging into his old cabinet of treasure maps and fouling them in order of ascending halls. However, he knew his crew would notice his reluctance eventually, and since the captain is only as powerful as the respect he carries from his men, he finally shook his head clear and made his way down the creaky set of planks to the mesmerizing Cora. Hearing heavy boots pressure the steps, she shouted, Hello? Who's there? Captain Argyle once again froze, but only for a moment as he looked down at his prisoner, tied up with her back to him. He figured that as long as he could stay behind her and avoid her hypnotic blue eyes, he might just be able to gain the information as to who he should contact to negotiate the ransom. The faster he could get her out of here, the better. He continued slowly down the steps, calling out to her, Arg, I be Captain Argyle, and uh, this be me ship you're riding on, the Salty Clam. Are the ropes really necessary? Obviously, I can't run away, the woman responded, clearly unaware of the carnage this band of raiders had carried out on countless ships and their innocent occupants. That'd be impossible, I'm afraid. You stay tied until we get your ransom. Argyle stopped about two steps from the ground, figuring he was close enough. His wandering eyes glued themselves to the back of Cora's pretty blonde head, so sheeny and smooth. He thought himself safe at this angle, 
until she started to wiggle around in an attempt to free herself, rotating just enough to expose the perky sides of her breasts as they jiggled from the movement, hijacking the captain's attention. He had no idea why this was, why any of this was. Sure, the captain had not seen many women in his time, but he'd seen enough to know their charms. He might reckon Cora had a few extra cups of charms, but he'd never been one to fall under a siren spell. In fact, he'd barely even touched the opposite sex. She continued pleading, Please, can you just loosen them a little? Argyle took a moment to collect himself, then slowly approached just close enough to untie the ropes and hope she would stop bouncing. However, even in the depths of this scummy brig, he could smell the rose and her lingering perfume, which again made him start to feel a rush, this time more pronounced in his nether regions. He finished on the last knot, tossed the ropes aside, and began, There you go, lady. Suit ye better, I hope. The woman was so excited she jumped up and hugged him before he could turn and get away. Her ample bosoms pressed up against his body and her glorious scent shoved itself right up to his nostrils, but even before he could remove himself, she released. Awkwardly, she put her hand over her mouth. I hope that was your peg leg, Captain, or has it really been that long since you've seen a woman? Overcome with embarrassment, Argyle ran upstairs, hands over his genitals, desperately trying to hide the completely involuntary response that she had erected in him. Next morning, Argyle rose early and climbed the crow's nest to find Ivan. Ahoy there, Ivan. How goes the dawn? Clear as a Kilmardini there, Cap'n. Argyle settled in for a beat, then began, Get ye look at the girl, did ye? Ivan looked over to his captain, whom he had never known for small talk. I should fetch a hefty ransom, I'd wager. She'd be a booty, all right. About as bootyful as you'd find on these seas. The captain let the silence set again before adding, Say there, Ivan, he offered. Reckon you keep something just uh, between us old seafarers? When his underling nodded, he said, Ye know a pirate's life be a lonely one. At times we've nothing more than our swords and trousers by our side. He paused for a beat. Certainly no women. Aye, responded the half-blind lookout. Argyle continued, I've told ye men many times about how I came upon the earth, but, uh, do ye remember how about ye came to these lands? You're speaking of me birth, are ye, Cap'n? His captain nodded, so he continued, Well, I was born in Glasgow. Me father was a cobbler. Me mother saw to me most days. Mother and father, aye, the captain interrupted. Aye, everyone has the two, after all. Do they now? Argyle's response confused Ivan, who put down his monocular and turned to his captain. Captain, he began carefully, I don't mean to question ye, but, uh, do ye know how babes be made? At this inquisition, Captain Argyle quickly sat up and forced some laughter while he made his way back down the ladder, once more complimenting Ivan on his work as scout as he rapidly descended. Argyle could only hope that Ivan didn't relate their conversation with anyone else in the crew and embarrass him, or worse, spark grounds for a mutiny. There was no land for miles, and no telling what would happen if any of his crew saw this ignorant side of him. Pirates weren't known for their abundance of understanding, after all, and with the notoriety of this ship, 
Argyle knew plenty well that his crew would use any excuse to take the helm for themselves. Realizing what was at stake, he came to the decision that despite his shame, he must immediately go down to the brig, get the contact information from Cora, and get her the hell off his ship. When he peeked down there, he saw that she was tied up again. So he very carefully set her free, trusting she'd be wise enough not to molest him this time around. All right, listen here. What we're going to do is ransom ye to your husband. He trailed off, waiting for her to offer a confirmation. When she replied that she was, in fact, widowed, he smiled and continued, Well, any family will do just fine. All cash pays, after all. Just tell us how we can contact them, and you'll be off the clam in no time. Here he paused and cleared his throat. <clears throat> also, um, about the other day... Forget it. It's like it never happened. As long as you and your gang keep your hands off me, no harm, no foul. Arg, we can do that. Argyle let a beat pass, then added, You're getting enough to eat, eh? They offer you any wine or ale? Oh yeah, no complaints. Well, other than being a prisoner on a pirate ship, you know. With that, she stood up and stretched, placing her hands together behind her back and extending her spine, which had the added effect of pushing her breast against her minuscule tank top and dilating Argyle's pupils in the process. Be great if I could go outside for some sun, though. Arg, I, I don't, er, um... Think that'd be... Hold on. Argyle somehow found the strength to avert his gaze and tried to head up the stairs, but he jerked so fast, and it was a dimly lit brig after all, he missed a step and slipped, sending him tumbling down the boards until he landed cranium first in front of his flame. While he was lost in a haze of brain trauma and the blissful touch of Cora's angelic hands on the side of his head, he smiled his goofy smile at her, and maybe it was the concussion, but he saw her crack a smile right back. I'm gonna go get help, okay, Captain? Stay awake! Captain Argyle nodded his understanding as the woman stood up and revealed her plump backside right into the captain's view. Had he any knowledge of how genetics worked, he would have lied there cursing either her mother or her father for bequeathing her that perfectly shaped bottom, as well as the tailor that mended those denim shorts to frame it as so. Before he could close his eyes and shut out the sight, it had already inspired an even greater biological reaction in his trousers, which, once again, he could not subside. Here he was, one of the most feared pirates in all of the seven seas, captaining perhaps the most terrifying vessel afloat. And all he could do was wait like a fool for his entire crew to follow his little sweetie pie back down here and find him, still on his back, still smiling ear to ear, and still at full mast. That be booty. Written, produced, and performed by me, Josh Ramirez. Remember, you can read these on my Wattpad. You can look at the covers on my Instagram at Company Time. And if you're enjoying the content, please tell everybody you know. Put it on your social media. Spread the word. We have a new story every Monday until November when we're going to do a big five-part season finale. So we want as many people here as possible. So let them know they can listen on their favorite podcast service, Apple or Spotify, or even on YouTube. And thank you so much for listening. Lots of fun stuff coming up.